Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is KYW's Dave Uram back for another On This Date episode of the KYW Sports Pod. On this date 46 years ago, May 19, 1974, the Flyers gave Philadelphia one of its fondest memories, their first of back-to-back Stanley Cup titles. It was Game 6 at the Spectrum against the Bruins. They won 1-0 thanks to a Bernie Perron shutout. It was absolute pandemonium. Last Friday, May 15th, I was fortunate enough to chat with Bernie and Bob the Hound Kelly about that memorable day and the 1974 season. First up, Bernie Perrant. It's a privilege to be joined by all-time Flyers great. Goalie, number one, Bernie Perrant. Flyers icon, number one in your program, number one in your hearts. Bernie, thank you so much for spending some time with me this afternoon to talk about some Flyers history. And also, before we start, Bernie, I want to learn more about a a really cool thing that you've been doing to help people uh, during this very, very sad time. It's called Bernie's Bandanas. Bandanas. You've been doing a lot of COVID-19 relief. Can Can you talk about about Bernie's bandanas a little bit and, and how exactly you've been helping people in recent weeks. You know what? We're learning in the world today that um, that we walked away from, you know, for quite a few years is to socialize more, you know, and, uh, and it, 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 you know, a disease like this uh, teaches us a few things, you know, you, to go back and socialize more. But going back to bandanas uh, <clears throat> is the... Um, um, uh, you know, when, I'm involved with um, doing a lot of work with the uh, Snyder Youth um, Hockey, and um, and this is this uh, benefits the um, um, the organization. And right now we have about uh, three thousand kids, you know, that um, um, are provided with the equipment, you know, skates and the whole bit, play hockey. And also, as they get older, you know, the um, the association provides them with the um, financially with the uh, the um, uh, the help that they uh, they would need to uh, go through college. It's a beautiful thing for young people. Yeah, Bernie, how can somebody get a Bernie bandana if they want to acquire one? You know, you could get a get into another um, uh, youth hockey, and um, and they will uh, provide you with the, all the information that you need. Awesome. 
Awesome. Wonderful. All right. So the two dates that I want to focus on, Bernie, May 19th, 1974, when you won the first cup, and then May 27th, 1975, when you won the second one. But let's lead up to that with some certain stories leading up to those great moments. The first thing that, I, that I, I'm wondering, Bernie, the Broad Street Bullies, that iconic nickname that you guys personified yourselves by, and, and res- it res- resonated so well with Philadelphia. From your perspective, why did you connect? Why did those mid-70s Flyers teams connect so well with the city? You know, the first year, the first year when we 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 um, came in 1967, we came in the league, and um, I remember playing against uh, St. Uh, St. Louis Blues, and and um, you know uh, uh, during the playoffs, and physically they really beat us right real bad. You know they had the flaggers, fly, uh, flyers, and Noel Picard and all those uh, tough guys, and I'll never forget when Ed Snyder said, we'll never lose this way again. And that's when he went out and um, with Keith Allen, you know, they went out and got the Dave Schultz, you know, Kelly, Seleski, and all those guys. And they really, um, you know, really, um, really made a big, you know, big difference, you know. And, um, and but, but you know, looking at that first, that first year, we, think about this. We played, we, first of all, we had never won in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Never in seven years, and they had Bobby Orr, Petito, and all those guys. And the odds, the odds had to be, I forgot, the odds had to, be, odds had to be fifty to one against us. You know? And and then the first game, of, of course, um, Boston won the first game, and um, and then the, and then this uh, quickly the second game is um, we ended up in overtime, and this is when. The, to me, the greatest leader in in our days, you know, I was fortunate to play with uh, on the same team as Bobby Clark. You know, scored the winning goal, and then everything changed from that game. And the uh, confidence came up, you know, and um, and we believed in ourselves. And uh, uh, you know, as you look back and say, "Wow, well, what a great accomplishment!" There's a lot to be grateful for. What made Bobby Clark such a tremendous leader? Well. He um, first of all, he was a very hard worker, you know, on the ice, off the ice, and um, he cared about the players, you know, about the the people, you know, in the city, and um, and he was always there if you needed help for whatever reason, you know. Bob was always there to to help, and um, and that leadership, you know, really uh, what it did is is it brought the team together, you know, and. Um, and this is what you learn in sports, you know, as a young kid. If you want to win, if you want to succeed in life, you have to be part of a good team. And uh, and uh, Clark Hugh was um, was the head of a, uh, a beautiful organization, beautiful team on the ice. That was awesome. 1973, Bernie, was your first year back with the Flyers after being away for a few years. What do you think changed in your game from the first stint to the second stint? What that it happened uh, changed my game was when uh, when I got traded from the Flyers to uh, Toronto, and um, you know my career was going it, 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 it was it, it was fine, but there was a lot of improvement I had to make, and I ended up playing two years you know in goal with uh, Jacques Blount, my idol in Montreal when he played for Montreal, and there was no competition. I was I think I was like twenty four years old, twenty five, and Blount was. Um, was um, um, 41 years old, so there was no competition. So the, the setup was awesome, and I watched him play 
I watched him practice, and finally, you know, I uh, made the decision. I asked him, I said, Chow, can you help me? You know, he said, definitely. And that that the understanding of the game, left-hand shot, right-hand shot, how to read your defenseman and stuff like this was uh, um, something I've never done before, and it really uh, changed my career. Fred Shiro, your head coach, was such a character. His personality was so unique. What was it like playing for him? Well, Fred was, you know, first time when I met him, when I came back from Toronto to the Flyers, I walked into a dressing room, and uh, Fred was there, of course, and uh, he, we shook hands. He looked at me and said, I don't know anything about goaltending. You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it, what a great, what a great, great individual. You know, Fred was was one one of those those people where where um, um, on the ice it was very very disciplined. You know, he made us work inside the bar blue line. I'll bet 35, 40 minutes every practice how to come out of our zone, and we had five different plays we could come out. And that's that really that's that's what did it for us because. You know, when you don't make mistakes inside of your blue line, there's a good chance you're going to win the game. And um, But at the same time, we had a system. We had to stick with the system. But he also told the players, if you have the opportunity to create a two-on-one, you know, a great opportunity, go for it. Forget the system and go for it. And um, try to um, make it happen, you know. And uh, and that's 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 what we we had the freedom to do this at the right place at the right time. It was what a great great um, human being and great coach. Piggybacking off of that, Bernie. So let, let the the date we're highlighting May nineteenth, nineteen seventy four, Game Six at the Spectrum. You guys just won. Uh, you were up three to one in the series. You won three in a row, which included Game Two in Boston. Dropped Game Five in Boston. Now you come back to the Spectrum, Game Six. 46 years later, Bernie, what was your reaction and the team's reaction when you saw Fred's slogan on the chalkboard, win today and we walk together forever? Yeah, they, <clears throat> you know, I will come back to this in a second. I want to share with you something that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. My mom in Montreal was born on May 19th, okay? My mom um, passed away before we won the Stanley Cup on May 19th. And we won the Stanley Cup on May 19th. Isn't it? This is this is so powerful. It's incredible. And um, you know what? I'll never, never, never forget this. I know that I made some saves that I had no clue what I was doing. It was it was mom <laughs> helping me make making you know making those saves. It was just just incredible. You know. And but winning, you know, winning winning the sixth game. You know, you have think about this. It's one nothing. Yeah, with let's say five minutes to go in the game, and the people, everybody was standing. You know, everybody was cheering and the whole bit. The um, the uh, uh, you know the emotion was just 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 incredible, and and you feel this as a player. You know, and it's just just what a what a wonderful situation with having seventeen thousand double oh seven cheering, you know, standing, standing up and cheering for us. It was the most beautiful thing I um, ever experienced. I can close my eyes and, and picture 
and, and, and imagine Gene Hart's call and picture the clock as it's running down and the spectrum, you can hear it getting louder and louder and louder and you can see everybody getting excited. As you're standing on the ice, pitching that one nothing shutout, Bernie, and the clock's ticking down, what are your emotions? Well, I was numb. <laughs> you know, it just it's just a... Um... It, it, it just, it, it just as a player, you know, you're you're here to concentrate, to concentrate on your game, and even when the crowd is cheering, you you have to be disciplined to concentrate on your game. And by that time, there was about what five six seconds left in the game. I just, it, it, I, I saw it not too long ago on TV. You know, first time I saw it, the whole game on TV, and and for, you know, forty six years, and I watch I watch myself just standing and and not moving. Go watching that puck behind the net, and um, the seconds were going, going, and finally, finally the um, the um, uh, you know the end came, and uh, players jump on the ice, and it was just just it just it's it's a moment that that uh, you know what I always said said many times a guy like Bill Gates, you know who's worth hundred billion dollars, you know, good for him, uh, but you know Bill can cannot buy something like this. You know, you have to experience this. You have to be on the ice and you have to do it. And uh, there's a lot to be grateful for. It's priceless. And, and there was pandemonium afterwards on the Spectrum Ice. What, what was it like trying to, to get through all that, get through all the fans that made their way down to the ice and get back to the, to the dressing room after you guys won? Well, you know, you have to remember in those days, the, the glass was only two feet high, you know, along the boards. So everybody jump on the ice. But thank God we have Dave Schultz in front of us to knock a couple of people down, you know, to help us. <laughs> they, uh, but it was, you know what, it was one big, we became, you know, the Flyers, we became, and, uh, and even today, 46 years later, it, it still feel the same. You know, it's a beautiful city. We became one big family. And, um, and we rejoice, you know. We did try. Got a few times as a family, but that time we did rejoice as a family, and it was just so, just so, so, so wonderful, so great. And, and that big family got together the next day on Broad Street. What do you remember about the parade? Well, you know, we um, the first, you know, first parade we had cars, okay, and um, and we didn't have each player had a car, convertible, you know, a car, and um, we didn't have any barriers. You know, so people came right next to us, you know, and uh, the, a lot of cars got damaged. And um, but I have to share something with you. The second, the um, the uh, the second year, you know, one against Buffalo, that that parade we we had a um, a float. You know, they put us on the float, and um, and 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 to have all the players in in that one float, you know, waving to the crowd and having everybody excited. It's, you know, you have 2 million people, come on, you know, this is, you know, you talk about this, it's like it, it, it happened last year, for God's sakes, beautiful. That's Flyers legend Bernie Perron on the 1974 Stanley Cup season, 46 years later. Here's part of my chat with Bob Kelly. Bob, thank you so much for taking some time out. Let's um, let's start with some of the stories leading up to that first cup. The Broad Street Bullies, the Flyers of the 70s, they, so, they resonated so well with Philadelphia. From your perspective, why do you believe that was the case? Well, I think that uh, we, we relate with the fans that are out here. It's a, it's a blue-collar town. Obviously, it's gone more technical now, but it's a blue-collar town, hard-working people. 
and their their support for all all the other professional sports teams, I think it's unwavering. And uh, you know, we came in with uh, the Flyers who got the crap kicked out of them a couple of times by St. Louis uh, going in the finals. So Mr. Snyder decided to change the culture of the of the Flyers teams. And uh, once Schulte came on board, it kind of evolved. They brought Moose Dupont in and Christie, and um, you know, obviously Reggie Leach coming in there as well too. So we had a really good nucleus of guys, and we had a tough team, and we played tough. And, you know, the one thing you never want to do is you don't want to lose in front of your fans. So, uh, you know, we played we played to the tune that was being played to us. While you were revered in Philadelphia, Bob, everywhere else in the country couldn't stand the Flyers. You were loved at home but despised everywhere else. What was that like? You know, that, that was awesome. Um, there's nothing like going in there and, and like, in Buffalo, there you saw Schultz swinging, so we made a dummy of him up there and stuff like that. And, you know... They're taking notice, and uh, we were good and bad for the league. We were great because Oakland and Cleveland and Kansas City and all these other teams that came in on their way, they were happy when we came to town, L.A., because they would sell the building out, and yet we were bad for the league the way that we kind of played and was changing the way uh, the game was played. So um, quite evident if you watch Clarence Campbell handing out the cups he hit, he was not happy that we won the cup two years in a row. He was happy when we lost the third. You had great improvement in 1974 coming off the 72-73 season. You had 50 wins, 13 more than you did the season before. What what do you think led to the turnaround in the 73-74 campaign? Well, there's no question. When we reacquired Bernie Perrant, uh, we had the goaltending in place. Uh, we got the moose there, and uh, our defense was real solid with Barry Ashby, Joe Watson, and, and, uh, and Eddie Van Impact there. And, the guys, the guys really played well. They they shut the stuff down, and uh, we had a tremendous coach. Uh, a lot of respect for the for the coaching staff, obviously Mr. Snyder and Keith Allen, and it just kind of all gelled together. But you know, you need goaltending, you need scoring. Uh, they improved the scoring when they brought Bill Barber on, and you know that that first series, uh, first first cup that we won. I mean, it was huge because the city is the first time, uh, first expansion team to win it. Uh, the fastest one to win it seven years from inception, so we really made the big turnaround, and the fans were right on board with us, um, but it takes everybody, it takes a full team, and you've never heard our leader, Clarkie, say that, uh, you know, it, it's my goal, this one was good, I mean, obviously we all score big goals, we get an opportunity to score a goal, but it takes a whole year's worth of work, building together, and the, the goaltending out um, is the way it's at, and our current guys today, I mean, they got a chance here with Carter Hart, defense looks pretty good, and we've got some forwards up front there that are flying, so... You know, maybe trying to emulate us a little bit, minus the fighting. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that part of the game, while while it was certainly fun to watch, is is definitely in in the past. You guys owned it. You guys personified it. Bob, you you mentioned that the, that first cup in, in the series leading up to the first cup, you sweep Atlanta, and then you take on your rival, the Rangers, and it and it goes seven. It goes the distance. At the spectrum from Game Seven, what do you think? Uh, what What do you remember about that night, beating your Rangers, beating the rivals, and and moving on to the Cup Final? Well, for for a little bit of a joke here, uh, Bernie Perrant called me the other night last week, just when he re ran that '74 uh, uh, Stanley Cup. He says, "Bob, are you going to watch the game?" I said, "No, I'm not going to watch the game, Bernie. Number one, we win the game, and two, I didn't play in it. So why would I watch the game for credit? I know the outcome, <laughs> but uh, that Ranger series was a tough series." Uh, uh, Ashcan, I think, got hurt in that one. Dornhofer went down. Uh, when Dorney went down, I filled in on the right side for him. And I was having a running feud with Ronnie Harris there, and he came across, and I was locked up, couldn't go anywhere. So he hit me on the outside of my knee, ripped my ligaments on the inside. So I never got to play 
in the seventh game and I didn't get to play, I didn't get to play in any of the Boston games. So for me, um, you know, you, you know, you're part of the team cause you did your, your work all year long, but you know, if you're not in there bleeding and sweating and going through the, all the different uh, ups and downs that you have, um, then you just don't feel part of the team, even though you are. And Bruce Cowick filled in well, Simone Lay filled in for Dorney, a great job. Uh, so it's, you know, the different guys in there, um, played different roles and, uh, it was it was it was a hard fought series, and then to get to Boston, obviously now you got a really big mountain to climb. And you guys overcame all those injuries to to beat Boston, finally win a game in Boston after so much struggles up there. You win game two, you split the first two, you win the next two, you lose five, and then game six, May nineteenth, nineteen seventy four, game six at the Spectrum. Forty six years later, Bob, even though you didn't play in that game, what what was the mindset of the team going into that contest? Well, the mindset was always positive. Uh, like I said, Freddie was a great coach, and he designed to play uh, real quickly. He said, uh, here's the way we're going to play Boston Bruins. So I sat in all the meetings, and I tried to come back and play. We used to use a lot of tape back in those days to replace your muscles the best we could. I don't know if the kids will play that way today or not. And uh, anyways, Freddie said, here's how we're going to play this, play the Boston Bruins. We're going to give Boston over the puck. Why the heck would we want to give him the puck? He's the best player in the ice, for crying out loud. And he said, I want you guys dumping the puck in his corner. I want him going back, turning. I want all the plays coming down his side. He said, we're going to wear him down. I don't want you elbowing, slashing, spearing, none of that stuff. I just want you to just to wear him down. And sure enough, by game three, he was he was getting tired out two and a half because he was logging a lot of minutes there. And we made him handle the puck. And you know yourself, when you handle the puck, it, it takes a lot out of you. As as best as you can, because you, you mentioned Fred Shiro, as best as you can, Bob, what was the team's reaction when they saw his message on the chalkboard, which is still stuck today, win today, and, and we walk together forever? What what was the team's reaction when they saw that? Uh, I think it was a, a uniting uh, for everybody, but we were always on the same page. It was never about me, you, him, whatever. It was all about the whole team, the coaching staff, Mike Nicklick, it was all it was all about everybody always together and uh you know you as you said 46 years later i mean we're still together our alumni is still very tight for our golf owners we'll get 60 alumni from all the different decades come back and it's really a tribute to everybody to to be part of that uh goal i guess it is or part of that that, that endearing because they say once you pull that flyer jersey on you are a flyer whether you play one game or you play a thousand games you know you're considered a flyer and we appreciate that you guys win you guys win your first cup after not being in existence for that long only in your seventh season the fans flood onto the ice we remember that image and then the next day at the parade two million people flood the streets of philadelphia how did the turnout exceed your expectations bob if at all well, there were no expectations because we had no idea what to expect. They'd never hosted a, a Stanley Cup parade there before. Um, we're guys from all small little Canadian towns, so I mean, we, we know there's a parade in Toronto, but this, or, but nothing, nothing. Nobody had any idea, and you know, when the Eagles had their parade down Broad Street, you know, they had space, they had barriers in place, so they could get out and walk and go by the crowd and stuff. But these people were right on side us in the cars, and we were sitting through the moonroofs of these cars. Our drivers were driving, looking looking up at the lights on Broad Street to try to keep the car in the middle because we'd have separation, people in between, honking the horn. And, you know, it, w- it was an awesome time because, you know, there was there was no tragedies, there was no no uh, looting, there was no there was nothing. It was just a great parade. And everybody just felt so good 
that they could share being part of you know the winning team. I also asked Bob and Bernie about what they think of the current Flyers. You're not going to want to miss what Bernie says about Carter Hart. But first up, Bob Kelly. I'm glad that you brought up the current team because I want I wanted to ask you about it. And and you've and you've said that you're impressed with what they're doing this year. And they and they before everything shut down, they were rolling. Why do you think this the this current Flyers team this year? was able to really turn things around in A.V.'s first season, get on a good roll, work their way up the standings, and put themselves, before everything shut down, in the position to really make a run towards something. Well, I was really impressed with the way that Elliot's played, and I'm glad that they kept him on. I think he's a great mentor, but he's also a great guy who can carry carry the load in the bigger games than that. Um, it's given Hart a chance to get confidence back. I think he was shaking there for a little while and, and kind of got off track, but he's back on track. And the biggest thing is the culture inside the locker room. It's only my opinion. I have no firsthand knowledge of this. But the culture inside the locker room is so positive now. I mean, Claude Drew wants to win a Stanley Cup. That's what he's playing for. And he's he's a great leader, a great player. Um, you know, Sean Couturier, another great guy. I mean, I like Konechny. We've got some guys with a little bit of sand, a little bit of grit, because you may not be the biggest, but you don't have to get into a fight with a guy six foot four, five. You know what I mean? The rules have changed there. And these guys play really good. The young kids coming up have, I thought, have done a, a really good job in, in getting out there. And it comes back to everybody buying into the culture that it's all about the team, it's all about support, uh, where to go, where to attack. And you know, you've got three great coaches back there, all four with Lappy back there, um, and they buy into it. And once once you get a team with a positive attitude and you buy into things, and things go well for you, um, it's just as easy to go out and win as it is to go out and lose. I mean, nobody expects to go out and lose, but you got to come with that fire every game. And, yeah, you do play three games in five nights, and you do travel. Um, but, you know, to me, an average player is playing about 12, 13 minutes a game, so that's not really burning you out unless you have an injury or something. And uh, the additions we made last year were really good. And I said, I think we're deep. I think, you know, Phantoms are doing good up there. So I think we have a really good base to come for. And, you know, it starts with Carter Hart and net out. And the last one I have for you, Bob, and it's really, it, this question is kind of impossible to answer because we don't know. It really all depends on, on public health. But just on your gut feeling, do you think the season is going to resume in some form or fashion this year? Well, you know, I'm a very positive person. I mean, maybe to preserve the integrity, however they balance out how many teams will make it, whether they do the best of three to start off and thin out the crowd. I, I really don't know. It's 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 not my pay grade. And, uh you know, we we all hope to see a finish, um, but it's obviously it sounds like it's going to be a TV finish, and which is still fine. I mean, people need stuff to hang on. I mean, we've been sitting around now for what three months, pretty well, and and it's tough. I mean, we're out trying to do as much in the community. Uh, we stayed in the events. I mean, Gritty's been huge for getting out there. Uh, Brulee Caters have been doing great with uh, when our guys go out and feed the different people, the first responders, the front line there, and and all the sports teams are doing that. Uh, a huge sign of respect for, for you as an individual and you as a responder and you as a situation that we're in. So um, I'm hoping it comes back. Um, as an alumni, we've canceled five events already that we had staged, but it is what it is. Uh, we have a fantasy camp coming in August. I don't know how that's going to shake out yet. Still a little bit early, but, you know, it, it's all about, it's all about uh, you know, just giving back, working hard, and, and and supporting each other. And here's Bernie Perrant on Carter Hart. Bernie, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, because we spoke about a year ago, you and I, when Carter Hart was was just coming onto the scene in his rookie season. Now that he's in his second year, before everything paused, what improvements did you see in Carter Hart's game in his second season? Well, he um, he has, I shared this 
got a few times, he has what you call the God-given talent. You can't teach that, you know. It's a, it's a beautiful gift from God, you know. And he, he has the ability to to um, uh, see the plays develop before a great talent, great goalie. They're going to win the Stanley Cup with him. You know, he's a, he's a um, he, and you know what? Here we go again. Like, you know, I watched him and he socializes well with people. People love him. Has a great smile and he's kind. You know, and 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 his ability as a goaltender is a. Uh, I see a wonderful, beautiful future in in this organization. Definitely a lot to look forward to. Last last one I have for you, Bernie. Um, you're such a positive guy, and and there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Do you think the hockey season is going? Hockey season is going to resume? Well, you know, we're like everybody else. I I hope it does. You know, it's just it's just that, you know, <clears throat> number one thing we have to be careful is safety. You know, you have you have the, um, um, you know, safe, safety of the game, and they, uh, uh, you know, to me is is difficulties here is our um, if you go in the ice there's nobody in the stands you know it's it's uh, you know what there's it's you know you know what you're playing for but the fans here especially in philly for, for us anyway it's so special it, they elevate you to a different level and that's what helps you to um, uh, to go out and 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 win those big games now without the fans uh, it, it's you know, difficult. You could do it, but uh, to have the fans behind you here in Philly is just just a big big asset. It's it's, it's very very powerful. Yeah. Hopefully things uh, are safe enough for hockey to resume. I know the city is is craving for playoff hockey. The city is craving to see the Flyers go on a run, and their city's craving to see the Flyers do what you guys did forty five and forty six years ago. Bernie, I appreciate the time so much. Thank you, thank you. Stay safe, you and yours. Stay safe, and look forward to the next time we get a chance to chat. Yeah, I'd just like to say one more thing. It's sure. About two or three weeks from now, I'm coming up. I'm coming. We'll be coming out with a great surprise, and um, look forward to talk to you about it. I hope you enjoyed my chats with Bernie and Bob about the 1974 Flyers. Stay tuned for this upcoming Monday, May 25th, when we hear from them about the 1975 season. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.